Hey guys, I'm your host Mark Lynch and you're listening to another episode of the Unbreakable Mind Podcast where we explore what makes for a truly unbreakable mind that will put you within reach of your biggest goals. So let's get after it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Unbreakable Mind Podcast. And today, we are going to be talking all about perfectionism because it is an issue that so, so many people struggle with. And I think there are probably about three different kinds of perfectionism, none of which is actually worth pursuing, none of which actually benefit us long term. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And think about it for a second. How much have you strove for perfection in your life? How many of your friends would you describe as perfectionists? How much progress do you think they make personally? How much progress do they make continually? How, pro- how much progress do you make personally mo- on a day-to-day basis? If you are constantly striving for perfectionism, it does at a point hold you back. Yes, it might help you put out some work if you're putting out any work at all because you're able to overcome that perfectionism. But I I want to talk about this today because I've got a friend in my life personally who constantly calls himself a perfectionist. He describes it as part of his character. He actually takes pride in it. If something wasn't immediately right in his well, in his environment, in his circumstances, whatever, he would set out immediately to fix it because he was indeed a perfectionist. He had incredibly high standards and he considered it acceptable and he expected it of himself. And you know what? That did make him good at what he did. But it also made him kind of annoying to be around. He knew that he could be hard on himself because he always knew that he wanted to strive to be better. And if it was hard for other people, he said he did it from a place of love whenever he was hard on other people because of his his perfectionism. And he simply just wanted to see the people do well. But you know what? There's a catch with that type of personality, with that type of approach to any type of relationship. Because if someone is always holding themselves to incredibly high standards and wanting to achieve that excellence day in and day out, eventually you're going to get to a point where you're not getting very much done. He'd work on those projects that he was trying to establish for months and months, sometimes years. And you know what? A lot of times I'd say, why haven't you put it out? And he would say, it's not perfect yet. It's not ready yet. And You know what? A lot of the time, the vast majority of the time, he would end up abandoning these projects way before he finished them because he knew they would never get to a point where he thought they were perfect. And (laughs) he'd beat himself up about that, that he wasn't getting anything done because he strove for perfection. He strove for something that probably wasn't going to happen in the first place. That's tons of time wasted on projects that probably could have brought a lot of people a lot of value but simply didn't make it out to the public because he was too focused on being perfect. He focused on perfection rather than progress. And that's that's where perfectionism got, got the better of him. And I'm willing to bet you can probably pick out a few people in your life like this. Or you can probably pick out people that you know that are like this. Or maybe you yourself are like this. It gets to a lot of people. And if 
you're not careful, it is going to hold you back. Now, just to be clear, I'm not out here to get after people who have these higher standards. I'm not trying to criticize them. And likewise, I'm not necessarily trying to get you to lower your standards. In fact, I think striving for high standards, it has its place both personally in our personal lives and professionally in our careers and whatever else, whatever other type of goals that we may have for ourselves. But it is funny that perfectionists always seem to have their guard up against people who are pointing out that irrational behavior of perfectionism. And that's mostly because perfectionists tend to think everyone sucks at everything. So why would we ever take someone else's advice whose standards are lower than our own if we are a perfectionist? That's how they think about things. It's a side effect of their massive standards that typically they strive for perfection. They strive for those high degrees of excellence so no one else ever really measures up. So that kind of leads to perfectionists struggling on these things on their own and it isolates them and that can be a tough situation to put yourself in. So going back to my perfectionist friend, whenever he'd tell me about getting stuck on something he was working on and I'd suggest a solution, he'd come up with so many reasons why my ideas just wouldn't work for him and why it would be compromising his goals or compromising whatever it was that he was trying to achieve. And it just wasn't good enough. It wasn't a good enough solution. And you know what? Time would go by, however long, months, maybe even years, and nothing would get done. He'd make no progress because he didn't accept any type of solution. There's actually an interesting idea about this, whether we need to have perfect information to make perfect decisions or whether we should just take action because there is a balance. It's not just taking action because just taking action blindly, that's going to lead you down a road where you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Whereas if you gather too much information, then you've obviously wasted time gathering all that information, most of which you probably didn't need. And it's Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, who actually put out a quote about this. And he said, he thinks optimal decision making occurs when we have 70% of the necessary info. And anything less, we're probably making poor decisions, uninformed decisions, but anything more, and we've probably wasted time gathering that that information that really probably wasn't going to impact our decision. So that 70% rule can be applied to a lot of areas in our life, and it can hold us back from striving from perfectionism. So it kind of provides a barrier or a cushion away from us from achieving perfectionism, but also allows us to make positive decisions and positive informed choices moving forward. And this is actually how I've gone about making a lot of my decisions since I heard this, because it makes a lot of sense. If you're striving to get 100% of the information, you've probably wasted time gathering information you don't need to make that decision. Likewise, if you don't have at least 70% of the information, you're probably not informed enough to make a good decision. So whenever I go about my life, whenever I'm making a decision for, for example, the Excellence Addiction brand, whenever I'm deciding what type of podcast episode to put out, when I'm creating a podcast episode for you guys, I begin creating when I have 70% of the information I need to get started. Because that is how you make progress. If you wait till you've got 100% of the information you need to be 100% informed, well, you're never going to get started because you're probably never going to get there. So think about that. Think about how you can apply that 70% rule to your life. I bet you you can come up with some creative ways that'll help you 
well, avoid perfectionism, but also make good decisions moving forward. So now that you've kind of understood how we see perfectionism and how we can avoid it, I want you to be able to identify the different types of perfectionism in your life, whether that's coming from you or whether that's coming from other people, because there are different types of perfectionism. Some are adaptive, some are toxic. And I think it's important that we understand that not all types of perfectionism are created equally. And again, you know what? There's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with setting high standards, with setting massive goals for yourself. I, I encourage that. I love when people take on those big goals because it shows they are striving for, for greatness. They're striving to improve themselves. I think you should work hard to achieve things that you want to achieve in your life. That is how you establish a life that you can be proud of, how you establish a life of meaning, establish a life where you can be happy. But there's a difference between adaptive perfectionism, which would be striving to improve yourself or improve things in your life, understanding that they may never be 100% perfect, and the toxic type of perfectionism where you're striving for perfection and absolutely nothing else will do. Because obviously, perfection is just not achievable in the vast majority of circumstances, I would go on a limb and say probably no circumstances can you achieve absolute perfection. That type of perfectionism is toxic. If you if you strive for it, you're going to hurt yourself. It's going to hold you back. You're never going to feel like you're good enough or anything you do is good enough. And that's going to lead you down a dark road. And both of these can come in two different forms. There's self-oriented perfectionism and other-oriented perfectionism. And there are other types as well, but self-oriented and other-oriented are the two main types that I see when I work with people. So these are the two types that I want to cover in today's episode. So self-oriented perfectionism, what is that? That is when people hold themselves to their own sometimes ridiculously high standards. This is when people self-impose perfectionism on themselves. And you know what? There's not necessarily anything wrong with that in a general sense. But if these types of perfectionists handed themselves a little differently, whereas they could cope with the situation where things didn't necessarily go according to their plan, then it wouldn't be such a bad thing, the adaptive type of perfectionism. So if you were holding yourself to high standards and accepting when things didn't go perfectly, that would be okay. But you know what? A lot of times, these self-oriented perfectionists, they kind of melt down whenever things don't go according to the plan that they set out for themselves. They can't let go of these mistakes because they think they're embarrassing. They think they indicate failure. They think they indicate that they aren't good enough. And their self-talk is incredibly critical of nearly everything that they do as a result of that. They view themselves as just not enough. They don't see themselves as being capable. They don't see themselves as being able to achieve a goal if it's not perfect. That is what self-oriented perfectionism is. When you are implying that perfectionism or applying it onto yourself. But there's also another one. And this is the type that, well, I kind of find a little more annoying to deal with when people are like this. And thankfully, it's not as common. It is other-oriented perfectionism. And this is when, well, 
kind of similar to the self-oriented perfectionism, same idea, but now they are holding other people to those extremely high standards. And you know what, this also wouldn't be so bad if these people simply use their high standards to kind of motivate people to be better, and that as long as these people were getting better, then that was good enough. But again, just like the self-oriented perfectionism, often that's not where it ends. It often ends when people become perfect. And we know that nobody is perfect. No one else is ever going to be able to live up to our perfect standards. These people have that embody this other-oriented perfectionism. They have such incredibly, impossibly high standards that nobody could ever live up to. Nobody would ever be able to achieve. So in the end, these people that are kind of other-oriented perfectionists, they kind of look like dicks to us or jerks because they're always saying, you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, you're not being enough. So when I try to explain this to other people, who how I often go about it is by thinking about a boss and their employee. Think about a boss who is constantly judging you, endlessly making comments like, this is where you need to improve, this is where you could be better, this is how you are going to be more beneficial to the company, things like that, making comments like that where they're constantly telling you you're not enough, you're not doing enough, you're not doing a good enough job, there's so many ways you could improve, and never giving you any praise for when you actually make some of those improvements, when you actually make progress, because they're constantly encouraging you to strive to be better, to be perfect, because that's how they see people. Those are other-oriented perfectionists. Now, like I said kind of a few minutes ago, There are different types of perfectionism. Those are just the two main ones that I see when I'm working with people. And of course, there's overlap between these different types of perfectionism. A self-oriented perfectionism often holds themselves and others to incredibly high standards. Just because you are more one type of perfectionist doesn't mean you can't also embody aspects of the other. Either way, these hardcore perfectionists they usually have one characteristic style that they gravitate towards more. And the one that I typically see more of is the self-oriented perfectionist. But behind each of these different types of perfectionism, there is an underlying tendency to impose perceived ideals of perfection on ourselves or on someone else. So going back to our two types, self-oriented perfectionists, they impose their own ideals on themselves, whereas other-oriented perfectionists, they impose their ideas on other people and on the world around them. So the problem arises when you perceive to be ideal or what you perceive to be ideal or perfect and what you perceive to be reality kind of don't match up with each other when these things don't align so for self-oriented perfectionists if how they perceive something going in their minds doesn't match up with reality they think it's imperfect so they don't put it out whenever they're creating something for example whereas other oriented perfectionists whenever people don't measure up to their expectations they get mad at the other people they get mad at the circumstances because they don't feel that other people are measuring up to their standards And there's nothing wrong. Again, I just want to emphasize there's nothing wrong with having standards. But there is a lot wrong when you impose those incredibly, ridiculously high, unreasonably high standards on yourself or others without that qualification of a healthy skepticism of kind of your own bullshit, your own, your own thinking, your own, 
your own flaws without understanding that nothing is ever going to be completely and entirely perfect. Perfectionists of all kinds tend to go for that all or nothing approach, that that style where either something's a complete success, it's been perfect, everything went to plan, or it was a failure. You did something right, entirely right, or entirely wrong. There's Sometimes there's just no in-between for these perfectionists. And real life tends to happen in that gray area between these two extremes, which kind of makes it difficult for them to function on an everyday basis. And the irony is that most perfectionists just want the world to be a certain way around them. But they can't even see the world for the way it actually is as a result because they're so focused on trying to make the world what they want it to be rather than perceiving how it is. And when our perceived reality just doesn't match up with how it actually is, it leads to turmoil, inner turmoil, mental mental turmoil it kind of creates conflict inside of us because things aren't matching up. And that's not an easy thing to face, especially when you don't have the coping mechanisms established, when you don't have the skills to understand that, you know what, I might have had high standards, but sometimes things don't work out according to my plan. If you don't qualify your high standards with that type of belief, you're going to set yourself up to walk down a very dark path whenever the world doesn't measure up whenever it doesn't meet up, whenever it's not exactly how you were hoping it would have been. But thankfully, there are ways that we can go about controlling this perfectionism in our lives. We can make changes to how we visualize striving for a perfection or striving for improvement. We can adjust that. This isn't something that's set in stone. You're not a perfectionist forever, or at least the toxic kind of perfectionist forever. You can shift from that toxic perfectionism over to the adaptive perfectionism as long as you are able to keep an open mind and adjust how you are viewing your progress in this respect. And what I've found, at least personally, is the best way for overcoming self-oriented perfectionism or other oriented perfectionism is to learn how to take it easy on yourself and learn how to take it easy on others. So let's talk first about self-oriented perfectionism. Like I know there are a ton of people in our world who struggle with this, this character trait, but there is a way to overcome it. You need to learn to take it easier on yourself. You know what? You're probably the type of person who, even if you are self-oriented in terms of your perfectionism and holding yourself to incredibly high standards, you might still be incredibly encouraging and supportive of your family and friends. Whenever they mess up or do something stupid, you don't rub it in their face. You don't judge them negatively. You don't call them dumb. You don't say they're a failure. Yet, when you fail or make a mistake, you say all these negative things to yourself. You're compassionate to them. You don't, however, apply that same compassion to yourself. So that creates an interesting kind of, I guess, disconnect because you can recognize that other people make mistakes, that other people have good intentions but still sometimes come up short. And there's nothing we can do about that. And this helps them feel better. But you don't apply that to yourself. You don't give yourself that same leeway. So if you can learn to take it a little easier on yourself 
and apply some of that compassion to yourself, you're going to give yourself more confidence. You're going to allow yourself to feel more secure when you're going about trying to create something or trying to do something new, for example. And sometimes you need that support to be okay with things not being perfect. And that might be a surprise, but we can all do these things for ourselves. Even when we are perfectionists, we can be okay with things not being perfect. We can understand that we tried our best and be okay with the fact that we put in our max effort at this point, made the best decisions we could, and still came up short because we still grew through the experience. So in that respect, kind of, you're trying to treat yourself as you would a friend. Treat yourself when you fail as you would treat a friend. Give yourself the same compassion and support you would if a friend had failed. Imagine the mistake that's kind of eating away at you, the failure, whatever it is that you wanted to be perfect that wasn't. Imagine your friend making that, being in that same situation, being in your shoes. How would you treat them? How would you support them? And then do that for yourself. Now, however, if you're an other-oriented perfectionist and you're kind of imposing your ideals on other people the approach is a little different because you can't just say treat your friends as you would a friend because you're already imposing your ridiculously high standards on other people that's not what you want to keep doing what you need to do in this situation if you're an other oriented perfectionist is you need to understand how ridiculous how impossible these standards are for people to achieve day in and day out You can't keep forcing people to strive for that. You need to understand that the more you actually try to impose those ideals on other people, the more you are going to kind of hold yourself back from experiencing full relationships, full connections with other people, because you're always going to feel as though people aren't meeting your standards, as though people aren't willing to strive to be where you want them to be. Because you know what? Most people won't be if you have these ridiculously high standards recognize for yourself that you know what you aren't exactly perfect either and if you can understand how you are imperfect how you have flaws how you make mistakes how you come up short in some respects how you aren't perfect then understand that this applies to everyone else as well take those perspectives or those standards that you're trying to impose on other people and ask yourself Honestly reflect on whether or not you are meeting those same standards every single day. And if your answer is yes, you are, you know what? You're probably a little delusional about it because we all make mistakes. We all have flaws. There are all times we fail and come up short. There are all times we aren't perfect. And we can't be unforgiving of other people when they aren't perfect as well. It's a little give and take. We aren't perfect. They aren't perfect. You need to understand that to be the truth. That's our reality. And that is how you get over other-oriented perfectionism. So what is that idea that I really want you to take home here? And it's kind of the idea that perfectionism is an imperfect way to go about our lives. But that doesn't mean we need to get rid of it entirely. That's not the solution here. It's just to kind of reorient our understanding of what it means to strive for perfection. You know what? You can have those high standards. You can strive for it. It doesn't need to be your end result, though. Perfection can be the process you strive for, understanding that you might never get there. Perfection can be an act of improvement and giving your maximum effort and dedicating yourself fully to a goal, 
while understanding that the result might not be entirely what you imagined, you can strive for greatness and strive for improvement without necessarily being perfect in that process. So that's how I want you to begin thinking about perfectionism. It's not about being perfect. It's about striving to be better. It's about striving to make those improvements in your life and being okay with the outcome if it's not exactly what you imagined. Everything in your head, what's in your head, that beautiful vision you have for your future, that's not perfection and it shouldn't be how you measure yourself. Measure yourself in how you strive for things, how you approach your goals, how you approach failure, how you criticize yourself, how you, well, or lack of criticizing yourself, how you overcome these situations when you're criticizing yourself, and then improving moving forward. That's the new type of perfect that I want you to be thinking about because perfectionism is imperfect. And if you can be okay with imperfect perfectionism, then you're going to put yourself in that adaptive category where you're now striving for progress rather than perfection. And I think that's a more functional definition of this term in a way that we can actually apply it to our life in a way that benefits us. That's not going to drive yourself insane. You're not going to drive yourself crazy trying to be perfect all the time with that approach. And you're not going to drive everyone else away with your incredibly high standards if that's an approach you can take. It it kind of makes perfectionism useful in that sense. and So that's what I want you to take away. Understand that perfectionism isn't about the end result anymore and you shouldn't define it that way. It's about the process you take to achieve your goals. If you can do that, if you can switch your perspective and reorient yourself in regards to perfectionism in this way, you will take yourself a long, long way. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you got some real value from it. I really enjoyed recording this one. I thought it was a powerful one, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. So if you did get that value, remember, I don't run ads, so just take a quick second, tag me in it, let me come say hi to you, and thank you personally for listening and downloading today's episode because it's you people who are listening day in and day out to this podcast that help it grow, that help it reach new people, and help it benefit the people around you. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Until next week, stay excellent.